I was a hustler. I was up night and day. I remember being up until five o'clock in the morning, sending out emails, sending out messages on Instagram, like use social media platform for your benefit. Contact everybody and anybody. Don't think you're better than anyone else. You are just starting out. You need to make your connections. You got to work your ass off. If you're not working your ass off, somebody else's. Welcome to the Business of Beauty podcast, where we talk money with people who work in beauty-based industries. Today, I am joined with Tatiana Elias, Los Angeles-based makeup artist and philanthropist. Welcome to the podcast, Tatiana. Thank you. I can't believe I'm here. Welcome. I'm so happy you're here. Like everything has came full circle for us for yes. like when we started, you know, working with each other or just meeting. Exactly. And now we're here. I was thinking of the first photo shoot we ever did together. Mm -hmm. I think it was that one in the blue little yes, the, lingerie thing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. In that downtown studio with the bed. Yep. That I don't think is <laughs> no sounds, longer there. <laughs> that sounds worse than it is. It was a really yeah. classy, beautiful shoot. It was classy. Um, and we've also done a shoot right here in this room that we're in right now, which is so cool. So yes. as you said, full circle. And thank you for coming on. Of course. Anytime. Um, so let's jump all the way to the beginning. Okay. I would love to hear about your childhood. I know you're from Glendale, California, yes. pretty local. Um, what was your upbringing like? And how did you kind of first discover that you might have an interest in doing makeup? So this is kind of funny because um, I started basically my love for makeup and hair started really young and I was raised by a single mom so I really knew that I wanted to do makeup and hair and I was cutting my Barbie doll hairs and I was putting makeup on myself putting makeup on my cousins or my sister and I just jumped right into it and so my mom um wanted me to have more stability financially and she didn't want me to do this at all not saying that she wasn't supportive because she's my number one supporter, but she was just like, go become a dentist, go become a doctor, you know, they're, they're financially well. And I don't like to say no to my mom. I'm such a sucker. Like my mom is my everything. So I went and I volunteered at my dentist's office for 15 hours. And let me tell you that, that ain't for me. <laughs> like, you were like, no, that's it. I was like, no, not doing that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No way. I can't look down people's mouths all day. Granted that it's, that is an art in its own, like, but I cannot be a dentist. I cannot be a doctor. Like I know what I love to do. And that was creating art, you know? So I jumped into cosmetology school and then I went to makeup school and then I said, that's it. I'm doing this. And I jumped into the industry without knowing anyone. Wow. Like no one. So I was like, I got to do this one way or another. I'm going to have to make it happen. And it just happened. Oh, amazing. <laughs> I feel like a lot of people get into makeup a lot later in mm -hmm. life. Um, it's unique that you fell in love with it so early. Were you the kind of girl who was like wearing makeup in middle school and like doing full glam to all your like party little, I don't know, little girl sleepover parties, whatever little girls do? Not at all. No, not at all. Um, like my everyday, I wear just mascara or i just curl my lashes like i don't always wear a lot of makeup also having a skin condition it's affected that but when i was younger no the only time i'd really go like balls out with my makeup would be at like if i'm going to a party and i would do like some crazy winged like eyeshadow looks and i was just playing around and experimenting and sometimes i look at photos i was like what the <laughs> hell was i thinking oh my gosh. but i look back and i was like that's that was my art back then you know and I never felt like I always had to wear a lot of makeup, but I knew I loved it. Yeah. So that was it. So when did you first do makeup on somebody else? <laughs> Starting on like my sister or my cousin. Yeah. Yeah. So I started on them and thankfully my cousin trusted me and you know, my sister trusted me and my aunt trusted me and my mom trusted me. So they would just let me do their makeup. So that was the first time I did makeup on somebody else, but work wise, it was basically in like cosmetology school or makeup school, you know, so that's when you really start to practice on people with different skin tones and, you know, different textures and all that undertones. And it's just, you know, that was then. Yeah. 
looking back i feel so old what that was like 10 years ago i I started modeling 10 years ago too i feel like a granny in this industry myself (laughs) you definitely don't look like it girl you you look good (laughs) so this is kind of a finance and business podcast so i have to ask what would you say is like the base cost to become a makeup artist and be taken seriously like have a proper kit and actually start getting clients how much do you have to invest in products brushes you know whatever else you need I, okay, this is kind of difficult because everyone has a different, you know, price range, but like, I don't want to be like, you have to spend $5,000 or $10,000 because what my kid is now is kind of crazy expensive to what, you know, it was from when I started. Mm -hmm. So I think if you can invest, you know, max $1,000, you don't have to get the best of the best of the best products. You know, I would say skincare is a good investment. You have the right, like... Um, serums or even moisturizer and a toner that's great start off with that Um, get a few foundation colors you know learn how to make foundation colors don't just buy every single one this is an art form you got to know your primary colors you got to understand undertones so you don't necessarily need everything so I would say if you can start off with a few hundred to a thousand dollars, that would be great because you do need sanitation products as well. You want to have multiple brushes. You want to have multiple sponges. Those things you should be spending your money on. The things that you have to really sanitize have alcohol, have makeup sanitizer, have anything, anything that you can clean these products with because that's where the, a lot of your money should go because you don't want to have like have anyone come back and say, you gave me pink eye. Mm-hmm. That's going to cost you you can get sued so basically i would say spend more on quality than quantity so i would say a few hundred to a thousand dollars okay yeah that's not as bad as i thought Mm because you know you just see these makeup kits that are so elaborate they have everything you could ever dream of and um like you said i never really thought about that but mixing different foundations to get the perfect foundation Mm -hmm. color i thought a makeup artist would have to have every single Mm -hmm skin tone out there covered yeah. in their kit but i guess you can kind of craft it to be you can yeah you mix you the blues the greens the yellows into the foundation and you get the tone that you need um granted i'm not saying only have two colors no i great have five colors max six colors like you know if you can if you know color theory you can make your own foundations so study that you know you're gonna save so much more money understanding color theory and as a makeup artist i think you should know that color is our you know, whole career. You well, that's know. very interesting. Yeah. So if you want to spend, if you want to spend less money, save mm-hmm. money to get started, study color and learn theory. as much as you can about color theory. Mm-hmm. Very interesting. Yeah. So you mentioned cheap products versus quality products. What are, what is like one thing in your kit that is priced more affordably, but is, you know, maybe better in your opinion than the more expensive stuff? Okay. I'll tell you this. It's about mascara. I love love the christian dior um waterproof mascara but when i'm not using that i'm using um what's that black one with the gold tip i always forget it's a very popular one yeah from the the, l'oreal l'oreal so instead of using the christian dior one you know i use the l'oreal one as well they're both waterproof they're both black as black mascara and those two, like, I will combine them at the same level. So I would say if you don't want to get the Christian Dior one, if you can't afford that, then get the L'Oreal one. I really focus on the product and I like when the mascara is really, you know, dark colored. Mm-hmm. I don't like a grayish black. I like a black black or a brown. So it just depends on what look I'm going for. And that's why I'm like, it's either the L'Oreal or the Christian Dior because damn, they work so good. Wow. They work really good. And like a little tip of mine that I like to tell people, which... Don't blame me if you do it wrong, okay? But once you let your mascara dry, go in and curl it one more time and you're gonna see those suckers pop up. So, but don't blame me if you get hurt, okay? If you get hurt? Yeah, don't blame me. (laughs) Use with caution. Use with Um, caution. No, but that's awesome. Yeah, because you always think to curl it before, but that's, because it already has some grip on there. Yeah, so I curl it before. This is how I do mine. I curl it before, I put the mascara on, I let it sit, like I let it dry, I do other parts of my face, and then I go in and curl it one more time. It's my little secret, you know, I like the eyes to be really open. Um, I need you to share one more secret with me, mm-hmm. which is what I struggle with so much still to this day. Mm-hmm. And I've sat in the makeup chair a million times, still can't figure out. Can I guess? Yeah, sure. Is it liner? 
No, it's in the mascara range. Oh, okay, okay. Yes. I, but it's more of a cleanup situation. When I have already worked so hard on my eyeshadow and then I get mascara on it and everyone says, let it dry and then flake it off or whatever, it still smears. So what's the secret, please? The secret is there's two things. You can use a small little card, put it behind your lashes, then do the mascara. Or there's now a tool. It's kind of like this flimsy plastic that you hold and it's kind of in a U shape to shape the eye and then you go in and put in your mascara. So it's not gonna get on your eyeshadow, it's gonna get on that plastic that you could easily wipe off. So that's my little secret. Or when I'm doing makeup on somebody, I put my thumb behind their lash and I do the mascara. So the mascara is gonna get on my thumb. Wow, Yeah. okay, that's a great trick. Cause yeah, when people say let it dry and scrape it off, it still doesn't work. So Mm-mm. not even letting it get on there in the first place. Genius, we love it. <laughs> So let's talk about test shoots, which are very important in the you know early days of modeling and makeup artistry, I'm yes. sure. Um, how much time do you have to invest as a makeup artist early on to like develop your portfolio? What does that process look like before you can actually send yourself out to clients or maybe get an agent and start uh, being taken more seriously? When you first start, don't even think about an agent. It's to, it, don't rush into an agency don't think that's your end all be all. So when you're first starting, you got to take everything. I never say no. Like I won't say no. I'm endlessly working. Um, Now I'm to the point where I can say no, or I send it out to my assistants. If I, you know, am, if I know I have too many things of that in my portfolio, I will give it out to my assistants because I want them to grow and I want them to succeed. So when you're first starting out, never say no to anything don't think you're above everybody else. Don't think you have the best skills ever because there's always something you need to learn. Um, you need to see how makeup looks on camera and different lighting on different tones of skin on different textures. So always say yes. You need to invest 99% of your time on practicing and building your skills. So never say no to a test shoot. Yeah. So when you're first starting out and, uh, well, I'll start with this. Did you have a side hustle or a no. kind of more stable job when you were first starting out and had that fluctuating schedule? Mm-mm. No, you just dove right This in. was my end all be all. Yeah. That was it. So early on when you're taking all of those test shoots that aren't necessarily mm-hmm. paying, or maybe they're model mm-hmm. tests and they're paying little, um, how do you, how did you stay afloat during that process? It was difficult. I thankfully had, um, somebody who showed me like an app I can work for and thankfully it was very minimal makeup and I would do that Um, and I was lucky to start so young doing makeup that my hand was already used to it and I was pretty good at it by the time I actually started you know my career so because all the time that I was in cosmetology school and makeup school I was practicing nonstop. So it was during school hours, during at-home hours, during school hours, during at-home hours. It was like my life. Mm -hmm. I made it my life because I knew the moment I start, I have to make money. There's no other way. I was raised by a single mom. I can't just depend on my mom. You know, financially, she's not in the most perfect place. So um, it's not easy, you know, raising two kids on your own without any help. So I had no choice but to make this work for me. And I was hustling my ass off like any money that I can make, I was I was saving it. I was putting it aside. Okay, I got to get this product. I got to do this. I got to do this. Maybe I can reach out to this company that's smaller and see if they'll send me product for me to post it on Instagram. So I was trying to leverage certain things that I was doing for my benefit. Um, but it was not easy. Don't think that I didn't struggle. I had months where I was crying like, how the hell did I only make $300 this month? How the hell did I only make $100 this month? You know, um, It was really difficult and there were so many times where I wanted to give up and thankfully I had a strong support system behind me. They were like, you worked this hard for what? You went into debt for what? You know? So um, it was difficult. It wasn't easy. You have to really hustle. This isn't, freelance life isn't for everybody. You know, sometimes if you're more comfortable in a nine to five and you know you'll succeed at that, do that. You know, be, work, what's the word work on your strengths you know play on your strengths if you know you can handle hustler life go to your nine to five and after hours work on work on yours you know entrepreneurship yeah you know if you need that stability at first then do what you have to do then come home and work on this 
work at Freelancer Life. So by the time you have built um, a way for money to come in, you can you can stop your nine to five. You know, this is it's not easy. You can't just jump into it the way I did because it was reckless. It was really reckless. I was crying so much. I remember I worked all day long, used all my products when I wasn't even supposed to because I was an assistant. And oh, I'll never forget this. And I was tired. I was drained. It was for a big company. And at the end of the day, I asked the person like, hey, can I use these photos? You know, since I used my makeup and basically their face is showing when, you know, that's a big part of this photo shoot. They looked at me and they said no. And they paid me $100. So not only could I not use the photos, not only did was I only worth $100 to them, and not only did I do the main work that they were supposed to do, I had to go home and look at this old car that I'm driving, and I'm just like, is this going to be my life? Is this what I'm worth, you know, to people? Like, I work my ass off this much, and this is what it's going to be? And so that, ta that taught me a big lesson where you have to start from the bottom, and you can't let this discourage you. No matter how much you're making at the time, you could be making zero dollars, but at some point, that's going to turn into something more. The, old, the older I got, the more friends I made, then you start to make those connections. Then you start to have people say your names in rooms you haven't stepped in yet. But those are people who have a good heart and you don't always come by those people in, in an industry like this. So, yeah, those early days are obviously really hard. And um, before you got an agent, you, you said you recommend people don't get agents when they're first starting out. You can't what even you, qualify for an agent. Yeah, exactly. So what do you do when you are being your own accountant, your own lawyer, your own agent? Mm -hmm. um, how, how do you track down a payment or like that when you feel like you've been cheated? Do you just stomach that and say, okay, on to the next? Or do you track that down? Do you fight for your wages? Like so when you're starting out as an assistant now, it's not what it used to be. I had, you know, not the best experiences and I've had amazing experiences you know I've been grateful for the people I've got to assist because I learned a lot and I've also had you know good experiences with a lot of them so you were an assistant first oh yes and oh, people yes. should do that people should always become an assistant okay. first if you know nobody in the industry become an assistant okay that's that's one advice I'm going to give you that I hope everyone will follow if they want to become um, like a freelance makeup artist, go assist. Don't be afraid to contact anybody. I was a hustler. I was up night and day. I remember being up until five o'clock in the morning, sending out emails, sending out messages on Instagram, like use social media platform for your benefit. Contact everybody and anybody. Don't think you're better than anyone else. You are just starting out. You need to make your connections. You got to work your ass off. If you're not working your ass off, somebody else's. When I was assisting, I actually didn't expect any payment. Um, but sometimes it happened. And then sometimes you would look at it. You're like, I did all this for this little money. And that's when it hits you. And there was times I was crying in my car. But those, those moments made me to who I am now. But now that... You know, I'm making more money and I was dealing with, you know, tracking this money on my own before I got an agent. I had a system where I would write down everything that was owed to me when I did these jobs. And I, you know, you either have net 30, 60, 90 and you would kind of see when, you know, you would talk about when the payment is going to come in. Now, I had a payment that took a year to to get to me, which was absolutely ridiculous. So you constantly have to be checking that list, you know, make an Excel sheet, you know, put who owes you what and who has paid. You have to write all these invoices and you track down each one. So I would say every week, look at it, see who's paid you, see who hasn't paid you. Keep up with that. Don't be afraid to ask, you know, you don't want a whole year to go by and, you know, this payment still hasn't been made. So I was always on top of who had to pay me and when they had to pay me. Yeah. So that was that was kind of difficult because um, speaking about money wasn't my strongest suit. Um, and that's I what's so difficult is you're, as I deal with the same issues and we're supposed to be the happy, like show up, do our mm -hmm. job, mm -hmm. you know, either you're the talent or the makeup artist and that's your job. And then you have to hound these people for money. And mm -hmm. all of a sudden you have crossed that line mm -hmm. and I have had to burn some bridges doing that. And the, you have to be okay with that. Yeah. Because the, so what I've learned, when I'm in boss mode, 
a lot of people don't like me. And I realized I don't care to be liked. I care to be respected. If you don't respect my job and my career, just because you thought that I'm going to be a pushover and allow you to get away with not paying me, it's not going to work out. Nor do I want that energy in my life. Nor do I want to work with people like that. So you have to be okay with not everyone always liking you because you're putting your foot down. There is a way to go about things. Like you don't go about it in a harsh way. You don't, you don't disrespect anybody. But there's times where you have to be in boss mode. And you have to say, we have a contract. You are not fulfilling the contract. And therefore now you will be charged X amount of money every single day that goes on that you do not pay me. And that's that. It is what it is. And I've realized, thankfully, now I have an agent who can be the bad guy. But so many people that I worked with did not like that side. And that's okay. Because you have to be willing to stand for what you believe in and what your worth is. So if you agreed on X amount of money, if we agreed that my day rate is $1,500 today and you are going to pay me in two weeks, and the contract says you will pay me in two weeks and every day that passes that you don't pay me is now added five dollars then i'm gonna follow through with that contract whether you thought we had a friendship because business is business it's not personal mm -hmm. so when you're dealing with things on your own you better block off the two you better not get those two confused in business of course yeah and that's a lot of people make that mistake you you can't let the two always collide when it comes to money that's that. It's exactly. business. And there's a contract in place, which yep. is very important yep. to do as well. Make sure that you have that in writing at mm -hmm. least, you know. Everything is in writing. Yeah. I had to learn that the hard way. So you said you just threw in a little 1500 a day. Mm -hmm. Now, you don't have to reveal your exact rates, but um, what's like an average day rate for a makeup artist? So a good one like yourself. <laughs> <laughs> I know what you're doing there. <laughs> So I'm going to tell you this. I'm not the highest, you know, makeup artist here based in L.A. or Beverly Hills. Um, I don't charge the most of the most and I don't charge the least of the least. Um, fashion, let's just say like magazines, you don't make much money on. Practically, you make no money. I think the most I ever got paid for a magazine was only $250. I think me too. Yeah. yeah you don't really don't make. Yeah. You don't really yeah. make money on magazines. But the most money that I make are my like personal clients, my celebrity clients, or like campaigns, you know, with brands or companies that I do. My favorite thing is I love working on commercials and I love working on like campaigns. So I've on La Cienega, I've actually had three billboards. Oh wow! Here, um, but guess what? Those three billboards didn't pay me what I should have been paid because it's exposure. Or and whatever. at that time, yeah. I was so young, and you know. I wanted to get my name out there and those things, you know, help my career. But now where I'm at, that doesn't matter to me anymore. I don't care about the exposure. I care about this is my art. This is my craft. You know, I've spent so many years in the making of doing this and I've built up this, this portfolio. You now have to pay me what I'm worth. Right. Um, what I'm worth, yeah. <laughs> what I'm worth may be more to others and for I've realized I'm actually not charging as much as I could be. Um, but my day rate always changes depending on the job. Yeah. When you're at that point of, in your career where you start booking all these brands, don't get too excited. I know the paycheck is nice, but this industry is up and down. You can, you can work for five days and make what people make in a month, but doesn't mean you're going to get that next month. So you can't always feel content. I think that hustle always has to stay in you because there's months where I made a significant amount of money and I'm like, this is freaking amazing. Yeah. And then the next month you're like, wow, it was dead. So how do you financially plan for those ups and downs? That's something that um, even now, to be honest, I, I struggle with. Um, so what is your secret to making sure that you're going to be okay every month with all the ups and downs? My financial advisor. Oh. That's because I'm very bad at it. <laughs> yeah. So know your strengths. As you said. Uh, yeah, you got to play on your strengths. And I know what I'm good at. And I know what I'm bad at. And basically, you know, 
trying to, you know, see how much I'm spending, how many things and how much is coming in versus going out, I had to learn the hard way. And it's something that I'm still trying to learn and to be better at because um, coming from like nothing, when you have money coming in, you tend to just spend it. Like you don't have that feeling of, no, I can't do it anymore. You know, now you have that feeling, I can do it, I'm going to do it. I, I want to feel like what I missed out on my childhood. So I have to, re, you know, reteach myself to be a little bit more frugal and save more money because I don't know what my months are going to be like. So therefore, I had to get me a financial advisor, which he's the best thing ever. You know, like, uh, let me get his contact later. Yes, <laughs> yes, please. He's in Glendale. Come to my hood. You know, yes, he's great. And we sat down and we broke down everything. Because when I was filing taxes, you know, I was just like, wow, this is like how much I made? Like, really? Happily surprised with it. Yeah, hap I was happily surprised. But then I was like, where is it? Yeah, especially living in Los Angeles. Mm -hmm. A lot comes in and a lot goes out. The moment I step out my door already, I spent $100. Yeah. So he taught me a lot and he made me realize just as much as I'm making as is as I'm spending, which is absolutely ridiculous. Because when you're filing those taxes and you see this amount of money, you're like, where is it? So I know my strengths and I know my weaknesses and spending is very bad for me. Like I do it a lot, yeah. but I'm learning to be better. So I want to get into some more juicy makeup artist stories, but first I uh -oh. want to touch, <laughs> but first I want to touch on your charity, your yes. foundation. Congratulations Thank on that. Thank you so much. Um, you mentioned that you were raised by a single mother yourself. Mm -hmm. So um, please just intro me to your charity tell everyone about it who's never heard of it and why um maybe your upbringing made you want to do something like this yeah so like i said i was raised by a single mom and you know we struggled a lot you know <laughs> i don't know if she would want me to share this but i remember one day we got our car repossessed is that the word toad you know what is it when yeah. they take back your car? Yeah, I and i was just crying and crying and crying because i didn't understand what was going on and she would always be like, it's okay, it's okay, it's okay. And in my heart, I knew she was sad, but she always kept it so strong for us. And when I was in, what was it, in high school or, you know, I was young and I decided to volunteer at a shelter called Ascensia. And when I went there, I felt like this is what I have to do. I meant to be put on this earth to help people. So it took me from like 18 to now 27 to finally get it going. You know, I finally got the charity going. I made the website. I came up with the name, which is Durga Foundation, which is like an Indian goddess. She represents motherhood, you know, and basically what my foundation is about, which is helping single mothers and children. So I finally got the money processor up and going, you know, two days ago, which is a big step, you know. Thank you so much. It took a lot out of me. Um, I don't feel like it's real because I still haven't done anything major with it yet. But I know my goals for it. And what I want to do is help single mothers and just give them anything that they need, whether it's um, therapy, schooling for their children, a car, financial help, getting them into housing. So I'm basically going to be acting as a funnel for these single mothers. Wow, that's beautiful. Thank you. And is this something, is this a one-woman show as of right now? Mm -hmm. Wow. I am doing this all by myself. So I have to, if again... If can do it, it's you. <laughs> listen, you I'm do it trying. All. I'm trying my best. I do have um, an unhealthy hustler mentality where it's around the clock for me and i've had to try to learn balance with work and life but i still haven't but i also think that is why i am who i am and why i have done things that i have done in this lifetime at such a young age because i keep going and i anything else is noise to me and i just try to hustle and work harder and smarter and just keep going no matter what comes into my way so all that pain from the past all the times where I felt like I wasn't succeeding or wouldn't amount to anything is my fuel. And that's what everyone has to take that sadness, that anger and turn it into motivation. I love that. <laughs> that's, that's really beautiful. Yeah, I can't wait to see where that goes. That's, Thank you. That's so fantastic. And I saw that you have your artist little clothing line. Yes. Are you going to make a little line for the charity? Because I'm like, that could be a fun you know, little tie together. You know, I was thinking about it, but I... 
thankfully, you know, in my makeup business, I have assistants, but I don't have an assistant for like a full time, you know, job and handling my makeup career, handling the foundation and handling everything else that goes into it, even though I have an agent and just putting my name out there is a lot. Like it's it's not easy starting a company, so it was very you difficult. Own, you own two companies, yeah, or like three companies basically. <laughs> well, you know, thankfully I've combined Lasai, my clothing brand, within the makeup industry because that's targeted for makeup artists. Um, so you know, it's not too difficult. That one is I'm gonna tell you like my little secrets. That one is drop shipping. Mm-hmm. So you know, we're a business, you know, podcast over here. So yes. you know. If you have already like a fan base or you want to start something, why not start off with drop shipping? I personally cannot handle inventory. I have so much going on. There would be no way that I can handle it. So I decided to do drop shipping. I created um, this artist line, you know, I call it Lasai. It means tranquil and Basque because I just feel like that's where I always want my head to be. I just want to be at a calm, peaceful place. And I feel like art is peaceful in its own no matter how crazy it is so i decided to do drop shipping i created this line for artists i have the little artist hat and the you know crop tops and the sweaters but i was also thinking to do something for the charity the only thing is i already take money from my makeup business and invest it into the charity side so i already have money coming in from my you know from what i do for a living So I don't think I want to sell products. I would rather have people just donate to my charity. Two really quick things about what you just mentioned. For people who don't know about drop shipping, drop shipping is where you design your product Mm -hmm. uh, in web form. People place their order and then the company Mm -hmm. prints it and ships it. Yes. Which is um, longer shipping times, right? Because they have to print it and all that stuff. But you don't have to pay for product Mm -hmm. up front and you don't have to store it anywhere. Mm -hmm. Correct? Yes. Okay. You only pay for it basically when somebody buys something. So you have to make sure you have money in your account, you know, for them to charge you for it to be made. Mm -hmm. And then your profits go to your account. Um, Mine isn't at a high profit margin at all. I try to keep things at minimal cost, but also if people do buy from Lasai, that money full that full money from Lasai is going to the charity. And then when people hire me as a makeup artist, a portion of that profit is gonna go to the charity. Well, is going already to the charity as well. So sometimes when I have my private clients, I'll send them two receipts, basically one that they paid me, Tatiana Elias, as their makeup artist, but also their tax deductible form from Durga Foundation. Oh, yeah, that is so awesome. To and a lot of them to. don't even know. Yeah, they don't. They just, they like, just oh. get. Yeah, they just get, you know, two receipts and they're like, wow, we just <laughs> help somebody. But oh. I think I need to make it more known that all that, you know, some money is going to help you know, a good cause. Yes, absolutely. I think people would be I mean, who doesn't want to hire you in the first place? But it would be even just an extra <laughs> bonus on top of it. I mean, that's yeah. amazing. So um, obviously starting something completely from scratch mm-hmm. by yourself it's going to be very hard to get the word out just like anything. I don't know how I'm going to advertise this podcast. Mm -hmm. Um, What are your strategies to get the word out about a brand new um, company? I say company, but um, nonprofit organization. I don't know. Yeah, you're right. What are the strategies you have to get the word out about that? Is it social media or Mm -hmm. what's the secret? It's, it's basically my connections and social media and make sure you have your SEO right on Google and your website. But because I'm in so many different networking groups, they're willing to help me push out my foundation and my charity, and they're willing to advertise it for me. So I go back to contact everybody mm-hmm. when you're first starting out anything, whether it's makeup, whether it's a business, whether it's a charity, just put yourself out there and don't be afraid of rejection because you never know who's going to say yes. So my way is you advertise on every single platform possible. That's it. How about this one? Tell us where everyone can find your foundation and maybe where they can donate if that's available mm-hmm. yet. Um, let us know. So if, to donate, it will be available starting tomorrow or the next day. But this might be be out in a few weeks from now so by the time this this is out you'll be able to donate um the only problem i'm having is there is actually another durga foundation 
So that's popping up first on Google and not mine. So I'm trying to fix that. Mine is Durga.Foundation. That's all you type into Google and it comes up. So you can donate there. Um, you can find me anywhere on social media. And if you just Google my name on Google, a billion things will pop up, which is Tatiana Elias. But you can find me on Instagram. You can find me on Facebook. You can find me on TikTok. And you can, what are your handles? Tatiana? At Tatiana oh, Elias. Oh, no. No makeup. No it's makeup. Just at Tatiana. Everything is under my name. Every, like, you know, all the businesses, it's all under Tatiana Elias because I think of myself as a brand. Yes, as you should. I yeah. love that. The whole packet. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, all right. I am going to transition back to the makeup talk. Yes. Um, I've been a model for 10 years. Mm -hmm. In my 10 years, I think I have worked with on set one really nasty kind of rude model. Mm -hmm. um, one girl. And mm -hmm. I have worked with hundreds and hundreds. I've lived with girls from all around the world. Um, and I've met one who is really just nasty. Models get a bad rap, I'd say. Yeah, they do. Uh, so from a makeup artist perspective, have you been able to make some model friends? Do you think that models are kinder than people make them out to be? Or mm -hmm. have you just had a lot of, you know, annoying girls and all the stereotypes are true? What's your perspective? So I don't think what they say about models are true. I believe a lot of them are nice. Come on, look at you. Like you've ah. built a friendship like over the years. Yeah. Like, you know, we support each other. Um, but I've had I've had my moments, you know, where whoever was sitting in my chair was absolutely disrespectful. Um, very rude, would not care that I need them to look up or down. They're just so focused into their phone. I had someone, you know, smoking weed in my face, which is like, it's fine. Like, I don't care what you do personally, like get your high on woohoo, you know, on the but job and on, while you're getting your makeup granted, done. this person was allowed to because of their status and who they are. But I was like getting high while I'm working on them. Oh so I'm like, oh my God, I don't want to like mess this makeup look up, you know? Um, I'm very like sensitive to, to weed. So again, I know my strengths and weaknesses. Yes. Got to do that when I'm home That's without the moral working. Of, moral yeah. of this podcast. Yeah, Your yeah. Strengths and weaknesses. Yes, yeah. I would do that at home when I'm not working because yes. then I'm going to probably fall asleep or get way too energetic and probably put liner all the way up to their eyebrow. So, you know, that wasn't, a, that wasn't a bad experience, but I've had people who don't care that I'm working. And I think to me that shows a lot about a person's or models or a, a musician's, you know, um, attitude towards me. Um, it shows them that they just look at me as someone who's doing a service for them and that I'm beneath them without any respect towards my craft or me. Um, I've had models who are just sit there, give me attitude, won't even say hi won't acknowledge me just get the you know job done and get the hell out of my chair what about models who uh fix their makeup after you've completed a look have you experienced that yeah i know lot. girls who do that every single time they get their makeup done a lot and i don't feel like it's right um it's not only, their, that's not their job it's not their job and i get it if i were to be a bad makeup artist but i i know i am not like i know my strengths see yes. we're going back to that um but i know what the look is called for if the look is called for a neutral lip, you can't go into the bathroom and make it courtly. That's going to fall back on me. And I'm going to be like, that's not the look that I did. You know, this person is going into the you know bathroom and doing the, these things to her makeup and I have no control over that. Nor can I go up to her and be like, listen, girl, you know, don't do that ever again because that's not my attitude. I would just go up to the, you know, whoever is the highest person there and be like, look, this something's not clicking here. You know, she's not allowing me to do my job. You're going to have to speak to her about it because I can't keep rushing back and forth and wiping off whatever she does and putting this color back on. Mm -hmm. So I've had people do that. I've had models just kind of like tell me their eyelashes can't come off, even though it's like a strip, you know, lash because they are so comfortable with that look. But the look isn't calling for it. So, yeah, I've had to deal with that as well. So one of the pretty cool clients you've gotten to work with, in my humble opinion as a fan myself, is Selling Sunset. Yes. So yeah. what? tell us what you did on that show. Um, on your Instagram post, I think it said touch-ups and grooming. Yes. When I heard grooming, I thought, are you working on Jason and Brett? Like, give us the rundown. Wait, what did you, what was... those are the twins, correct? Like, you don't even know? No, I'm so bad. Okay, there's so many times that I work on a celebrity or somebody like, I just worked on a DJ and people were messaging me like, oh, 
can't believe it. I'm like, who is this? Really? Like, you just I'm come really, and do your job? I come right. into my job and leave. Yeah, it was great. It was so much fun. Everyone was so humble. There was only one person on set that brought their own glam team in. Um, won't name names. I think if anyone is a fan of Selling Sunset, I think we could all guess. <laughs> yeah, I mean, more power to them. They have their team. That's what they're comfortable with. That's awesome. That's great. You know, it's good to have clients who are loyal to you like that. It's I, I would love that, you know. Yeah. Um, but everyone was so freaking sweet. It was so much fun. They you were got to just do touch ups on it. Yeah. You got well, to meet everybody. I think there was only one person I did like a full makeup look on. And then the rest, it was touch ups and grooming for the men. Um, they were all so kind, but I just couldn't tell the twins who was who. Ah. So I was like, did I touch you up? I, I, I knew I kept asking one of them, did I touch you up? Like, I didn't know who I was working on. So to me, I don't like when men are really shiny. So I was like on top of it, but I kind of felt like I was being annoying because I couldn't tell who was who. And they have their bald heads, which I'm sure get nice and shiny. On yeah, set. yeah. And that, that shoot actually went overtime. That was a fun shoot. Oh. Yeah, it was really fun. I so enjoyed it. You don't watch Selling Sunset yourself? No, I don't. So, okay. There's a lot of drama on the show. Oh God, I can't In addition that. to the real estate. I love it. Um, we live for the drama. <laughs> but did you... Did you notice a lot of like natural drama arising between people or was everyone no. pretty chill and maybe they put it on a little bit like for the show? Okay. I'm going to say this. None of them looked like they had drama. They all looked like they were amazing and sweet. But I also understand that reality TV is reality TV. Is that considered reality TV with drama? Uh, real estate reality TV? I don't know. Don't sue me, but... I get it. Yeah. You, know, you got to put on a show. Okay. And maybe there was, maybe I'm so oblivious because when I'm in work mode, everything to me is noise. Like I don't pay attention except for what I have to do. So a lot of the times where, when there's drama around me, I do not pay attention. Everything, especially with NDAs, everything is one ear out the other. Yeah. You know, there's people in front of me, if they're having relationship problems, I don't, I'm one ear out the other. I, I don't pay attention. I'm not involved. I'm just a makeup artist over here. Like, um, you must hear so much tea, though. Even so though much you, prob tea. you probably drown it out, but you must yeah. get to hear so much about people's personal lives. Yeah. Do you do you feel that when people are in your chair, they think that you're their therapist? Because yes. I hear a lot of hairstylists say, mm -hmm. or um, not, yeah, hairstylists or like colorists and yeah. things are. It's like people's therapy session when they go to get their hair dyed. Yeah, I feel like I know a lot of things that if I were to ever say it, I'm getting sued for twenty billion dollars. But you know, yeah. it is what it is. You just gotta. I have, you know, the thing about me too is even if I don't have a solid NDA agreement with you, in my mind, I have it for my clients. So it's not something that even needs to be in paper writing. I just respect my clients that much that I will never go and tell their business to anybody else. I know people who were, you know, pregnant before they announced it. I know people who were doing X, Y, and Z before media found out. I will never, ever go out into the world and be like, you know, who is this and this? Like, I'm not the person to sell your information to the tabloids. Yeah. I don't care. Course. Like, it's, it's not going to be me. And I don't want it to be me because that's messed up. I wouldn't want whoever is working for me or my assistants who know my personal business to ever go out and tell anybody. Granted, I give all of them an NDA. But. <laughs> oh, my gosh. But you, you, when you want to build a solid clientele, you have to keep your mouth shut and it has to go through one ear out the other. Yeah. You cannot be the snitch. You cannot be, is that a nice word to use? I don't care, but that's what it is. Um, you can't do that in this industry. This industry is so small. You got to protect your clients. And listen, I've had clients that are assholes to me, but I still protect their personal business. If people ask me, do I know anything about, about them? I say no. I just do their makeup and that's all that I am. You're very professional. It, yeah, that's what it comes times. down to. With TikTok and YouTube and all that, there are a lot of social media makeup artists. Mm -hmm. And it's so funny uh, these days because people genuinely think that those are professional makeup artists, but there's such mm -hmm. a big difference between someone who does it for social media and somebody who does it mm -hmm. as a career. Um, what are the biggest differences that you see when you watch a beauty tutorial on TikTok versus what you do as a professional makeup artist? What are the big, you know, highlight mistakes or foundation mistakes mm -hmm. or whatever that you see and you're like, oh my God, a professional makeup artist would never do that. Mm -hmm. For me, number one is professionalism. I've seen them hire um, 
let's say social media makeup artists to come onto set and they have no clue what the hell they're doing that's number one thing number two it's they are doing makeup on themselves and not on other people and even when they're doing it on other people they're doing it the same way they do it on themselves which is not what you're supposed to be doing everybody has a different face shape everybody has different skin tones and different skin textures so you can't always use this product on somebody because their skin is different you know depending on what that product is made up of also a lot of these people don't study ingredients so they don't know how it's going to be on the face after a few hours of it you know settling in and the number one thing i dislike about this beauty community on social media is the moment they say they hate a product that product is shit that is the worst thing ever this whole thing that happened with bobby brown's about the what with the foundation was that was that an alex earl thing or was that something else you know i don't know it was alex earl oh goodness are you even on the TikTok? Uh, listen, uh, you know what? To me, it's like I, more power to these people. Everybody has a different way of making money. I'm all for it. I'm all for supporting other women. I'm all for supporting other artists and creatives. That is their art form. But me, as a person who's a working makeup artist, I will never be like, this product is crap. You know why? Because what works for me may not work for you and what works for you may not work for me so just because i dislike this product doesn't mean that you wouldn't like it so why am i gonna crap on this product and 99 percent of the times um allegedly these people are getting paid to say a product is crap oh yes because i know that people get paid to say that products are amazing but i didn't know that they might get mm -hmm. paid to allegedly don't sue me um wow. so you and Back then, brand deals used to be for working makeup artists. This is a big way we used to make money back then. Not anymore. We don't get those as much as we used to unless you're now a celebrity makeup artist. Yeah. Um, so things that I would, if I was working, let's say, 15 years ago, 20 years ago, I would be the type of artist that they would be giving brand deals to because I'm a working makeup artist and we're behind the scenes. But now because social media has taken over, those are the type of artists who get the brand deals. Mm -hmm. But the reason why I don't always agree with them is because they are getting paid allegedly to um, say a product is bad when it actually isn't. Though, like I go back to the, you know, Bobby Brown with the foundation. I'm wearing that right now. Oh, really? For my skin where I have eczema, it's been one of the best products I've ever used. So I don't understand. Just because you don't know how to use a product because you are not a working makeup artist doesn't mean that product is bad so that's where i'm iffy about the beauty community and that's where i'm like do i want to get into youtube do i want to get more on tiktok because because people don't necessarily want to see what makeup artists mm -hmm. actually do mm -hmm. they want to see like there's one girl on tiktok who does seven pumps of foundation and yeah. it with her hands yeah I, don't know. I recently saw that meredith i can't remember her name max Bree or something and she's um, so stunning i'm just like she's super stunning but she went viral viral because of her foundation technique so you Got kind it. of have to be unique and weird and like do something super unconventional to make it on you know as a beauty yeah. guru these days yeah and back um, then we didn't have to be on camera i was the person behind the scenes i was never in front of yeah. the camera until recently now i'm doing interviews and now i'm you know on a tv show and and you're not doing makeup for the tv show you're yeah. actually on the show so yeah. what is your role or what what is the show about tell us everything you can about this show yeah so it's called destination la and they basically um highlight people who have you know known businesses in like la or mine is considered in like beverly hills so um they are highlighting my career as a makeup artist which you'll be watching me do makeup and then kind of have a photo shoot after um, on my beautiful model named stephanie and my assistant was there and also a photographer friend of mine was there so they're filming me and then i announced the um opening of my charity Durga Foundation. So I speak about my life, I speak about my career, and I'm just advertising my business. Destination LA Destination people. LA. So uh, do you know if it can be streamed anywhere? Or it's just cable television? Um, it's cable, it's on Roku, and it's on it will be on IGTV. So the final question I want to leave you with, mm -hmm. which is what I am going to leave everybody with on this podcast, I just want to know how much 
first of all, I'll say, I think I can answer this for you, but I want to hear it from your mouth. How much of your success do you attribute to being in the right place, right time, good luck, um, living in Los Angeles, anything like that? And mm -hmm. what portion of it do you attribute to hard work and dedication? Mm -hmm. Zero luck. Zero luck. Zero luck. Zero luck. That's what I thought. Actually, I was in my car today and just, just praying. And I was just like, I don't feel like I'm where I want to be and I need to work harder. So none of it to me has been luck because I've never been like, I'm here and I just got a client. Like somehow somebody found me. I was never scouted. I was never like, oh, hey, you're a makeup artist. Come work on so-and-so. And I've actually, here's some tea. I've actually had someone look at me and be like, you know, I never had to work as hard as you to get to where I'm at. And when some when that person said that to me and broke me inside because i was like i never realized how hard i had to fight for my spot in this career and how hard i'm still fighting for it because that person just randomly came here went went somewhere and got signed so for me everything has been about hard work determination motivation blocking out noise and a good support system and let me add this it doesn't matter even if you have a support system, as long as you're willing to clap for yourself for when you win. And that's it. Beautiful. Yes. Well, that is a lovely way to wrap this up, I think. <laughs> Thank you so much for coming on. And again, um, socials, Tatiana Elias. Yes. Everywhere. Yes. T-A-T-I-Y-A-N-A. E-L-I-A-S. Yes, there's a Y in there. There's a Y in there. She <laughs> Listen, my mom made me and she said, I'm going to make her a little spicy. <laughs> a little unique. We love yes, it. Yes, yes. <laughs> well, thank you for coming on. It's thank been you a for pleasure. Me. Thank you for letting our relationship grow to what it has been. Thank you for being so humble. And thank you for always like contacting me whenever you have anything to oh, be done. You're the sweetest. All right. I hope you enjoyed today's episode with Tatiana. That was very fun talking everything makeup. And to wrap up the episode, I wanted to share with you guys from a model's perspective, some things that make a makeup artist stand out to me. And these are like random things that you wouldn't initially think about. So one of the things is having body lotion or, you know, something to make your arms shiny, whatever. You would be surprised how many makeup artists only focus on the face that they're working on. And if a shoulder's in the shot or whatever, you're going to want something kind of shiny on there. So having a shimmer product available, whether that's like a highlighter or more of a, you know, glowing moisturizer, that's really important. And also just hand lotion because... Um, I am part of the dry skin club and it's always nice when makeup artists have something to hydrate my hands before I go on set. Another thing is straws. Imagine you just worked so hard to get the perfect red lip on your model and she goes and just drinks a cup of coffee and drinks the makeup away. Okay, makeup artists should always have straws in their kit. They can be like, wait, 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 here's a straw and the model can drink her drink with a straw without ruining her makeup. So that is a very random thing to keep in mind if you are a makeup artist and wanna impress your client. The other thing is a friggin' leaf blower or whatever those things are called. Um, if you are a makeup artist, a lot of times you're gonna be doing hair as well. Not in all situations, but in a lot. So I always recommend bringing one of those leaf blower things. I totally forget what they're called, but they're little handheld things to blow the hair. Hope you enjoyed today's episode. Signing off, goodbye.